Hello, my name is Andrew Laposha, and welcome to the Twilight Years. On today's episode, we will be looking at the death and final years of comedian Milton Berle. Milton Berle might not be as well-known today, but he's certainly a pioneer in comedy. He began his career as a child actor in silent movies, appearing in some films alongside Charlie Chaplin. For a few decades, he continued to have roles in movies, as well as appearing on radio. But perhaps his biggest claim to fame was being television's first real superstar. In 1948, he began hosting a television variety show called Texaco Star Theater. It was a smash hit, and you could say it's responsible for selling television sets all across the country. The show aired every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. and earned him the nickname Mr. Television. Even after the show ended in 1955, Milton never went away. For pretty much his entire career, he would continue to make the rounds in movies, sitcoms, variety shows, game shows, and talk shows. He was also avid of the New York Friars Club, and for many years, he would often serve as roast master at their legendary stag roasts. In his personal life, Milton had a lot going on. For starters, he had a dark side behind the scenes. He was often difficult to work with. For example, Milton hosted Saturday Night Live in 1979. He was such a pain behind the scenes that producer Lorne Michaels has never allowed the episode to re-air. To this day, he will say that Burl was one of the worst hosts that had ever been on the show. He also had a tumultuous love life. Milton was married four times, two of them to the same woman. He also allegedly had affairs with many women, such as Lorna Turner, Betty Hutton, Amy Semple McPherson, Nancy Reagan, and even Marilyn Monroe. And of course, there's his legendary appendage. Yes, according to legend, Milton Berle was very well endowed. Some claims put an estimation in the neighborhood of 12 to 16 inches. One famous story tells of the time Milton, Jackie Gleason, and Forrest Tucker, another supposedly well-endowed star, were messing around in a steam room when Berle and Tucker decided to have a measuring contest. Tucker went first, and Gleason told Milton to just take out enough to win. Despite his sexual prowess, Milton did manage to stay married to one woman for over 30 years. That was to a publicist named Ruth. Milton and Ruth married in 1953, and the two of them adopted a son together named Bill. Ruth died of cancer at Cedar sinai Medical Center on April 18, 1989, at the age of 67. About two weeks after Ruth's death, Milton attended the opening of the Beverly Hills version of New York's Carnegie Deli. He was part owner of the restaurant and claimed that Ruth was now a silent partner. On December 13, 1990, Milton was in a restaurant when he met a woman named Lorna Adams. Lorna told the waiter she would have liked to buy him a drink. Milton never drank alcohol, but he invited Lorna and her friend to sit at his table. Lorna was over 30 years younger than Milton, but she was immediately infatuated with him. After dinner, they went back to her home, and he stayed there until 3 a.m. The next night, they went to dinner. The two were married less than a year later. Milton's son, Bill, was very hurt that he jumped back into marriage so quickly, and he became estranged from his father for the rest of Milton's life. Milton continued making appearances, even presenting an award at the MTV Video Music Awards with drag artist RuPaul. This was done because Milton would often wear drag himself during his original show. However, the two did not get along. Backstage, Milton jokingly groped RuPaul's fake breasts and touched his rear end. The two bickered when they presented the award together, and RuPaul made an ad-lib about Milton wearing adult diapers. Years later, RuPaul admitted he should have left any baggage backstage. Around this time, Milton Burrow permanently stopped driving when he totaled his car. He wasn't injured, but he was upset that he had to give it up. 
1995, Burl emceed his last Friars Club roast, which was for action movie star Steven Seagal. Also making his final roast appearance was Milton's friend and frequent fellow roaster Henny Youngman. Youngman was noticeably frail. In fact, when he got up to do his set, Milton had to grab a hold of his belt to keep him from falling over. Even though it was the final roast for two veteran performers, it was the first roast for an up-and-comer. A young comic named Jeffrey Ross appeared and stole the show. After the roast, Ross asked Milton for advice. Ross was told to do less jokes, that way they'll remember all the home runs. Ross took that advice to heart and never let it go. Years later, he would earn the title of Roastmaster General. In recent years, he has appeared at almost every Friars Club roast, as well as the roasts that are broadcast on Comedy Central. You could say that Milton passed the torch to Jeff Ross. If you're like me and you wanted to start a podcast, but were not very tech-savvy, you wouldn't have known what to do. Then I heard about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. In 1998, Milton Berle celebrated his 90th birthday. At one party in his honor, he quipped that having sex isn't as easy as it used to be, because whenever Lorna would ask him to go upstairs and make love, Milton would reply, one or the other. Sadly, the joke suddenly began happening in real life. All sex completely stopped. At another party, Lorna noticed that Milton was acting very strange. He walked right into the elevator doors, and he dozed off while sitting in a chair. He never did that. He was often the life of the party. The next day, Lorna took him to the doctor. The doctor found out that Milton had a stroke at the base of his brain, which really affected his eyes. He began to have trouble eating, often being unable to feed himself. Lorna would usually have to cut up his food and put it on the fork, or order him finger food. Despite the stroke, Milton kept a good sense of humor. On his 91st birthday, he joked, I feel like a 20-year-old, but they're never around. That Halloween, Milton and Lorna dressed as Sonny and Cher. When Milton attended a party to celebrate the end of Bill Clinton's presidency and the senatorial campaign of First Lady Hillary Clinton, Burrell was asked if he was a fan of the Clintons. Milton replied, yeah, DeWitt Clinton, a reference to a New York senator from the early 1800s. In July 2000, Milton sued the Gay Out magazine for $6 million. The magazine used a picture of Milton dressed as Carmen Miranda for an advertisement with the caption, Our team of friendly professionals know how to cater to royalty. After all, every queen deserves a castle. Milton sued on grounds of privacy and defamation with a statement saying, The depiction of Burl would convey to a reasonable person that he was a homosexual. Milton made his last acting role that year. It was a cameo in the Nickelodeon TV movie, Two Heads Are Better Than None. The movie was used as the series finale for the sitcom Keenan and Kel. In April 2001, Milton went in for a colonoscopy, the first one he ever had. Colon cancer was discovered. The tumor had spread to under the left side of his rib cage. The doctor said it was easily treatable, but Milton's cardiologist said it would be too dangerous to operate due to a hardening around his heart. They decided not to do an operation, thinking that it would take 10 to 12 years before the cancer really affected him. The doctor said that if the cancer spread further, then they'd cross that bridge when they came to it, and if a blockage occurred, then they'd do emergency surgery. Despite a good prognosis, Milton grew sicker. His mental capacity began to diminish, and he would forget that he had cancer. 
In late 2001, his longtime friend and writer, Buddy Arnold, came to his house to say his goodbyes. Arnold was about to move to Florida, something that surprisingly didn't affect Milton as much. Despite his diminishing condition, he continued to rehearse and tape record his comedy act. In early 2002, Milton insisted that he kept up the lifestyle he was used to. He frequently made visits to his favorite restaurant, Mastro's Steakhouse. Milton could no longer walk. He had lost a significant amount of weight and was almost skeletal in his appearance. He had also developed glaucoma and macular degeneration and was losing his sight. Lorna had to tell him who was coming to talk to him. She had to re-explain things to him so many times. Milton was losing so much weight that his teeth started to fall out. The dentist put something in for him, but he could hardly eat. He still went to restaurants, though. It helped him out a lot. A feeding tube was placed in his stomach, and round-the-clock in-home care was provided. Milton knew he was dying, but he never talked about it. Milton spent a lot of his last days reminiscing about the past. Sometimes he claimed he saw people who weren't actually there. He even talked to them. One time he got really mad because he said Buddy Arnold left the room without telling him. He was confused, but he still kept a sense of humor. One time he went in for another colonoscopy. As he was wheeled away on the gurney, he looked at Lorna and said, All this for my teeth? Lorna later said that it was the last funny line he ever said. On March 27, 2002, Lorna and her daughter were out running errands. Milton's assistant called her on her cell phone and said that his breathing had changed. Lorna immediately rushed home. When she arrived, Milton was gone. He was 93 years old. Milton wasn't the only celebrity that died that day. That day also saw the death of comedic actor Dudley Moore and director Billy Wilder. Tony Randall referred to it as the day comedy died. Milton was supposed to be buried at Mount Sinai, a Jewish cemetery in Los Angeles next to Ruth. However, while Milton was dying, Lorna convinced him to be buried at Hillside Memorial Park, the other Jewish cemetery across town. Many of Milton's friends were buried there as well, such as Al Jolson, Eddie Canner, Jack Benny, and George Jessel. Milton's funeral was held at Hillside, and a huge turnout of adoring fans was expected. 150 chairs were set up on the lawn outside the chapel where the service was being held. Speakers were put up so the fans could listen, and extra security was brought in. By the time the service started, there were only four people in the chairs. Because of the low attendance, the fans were invited to sit in an area behind the chapel where they could get a better look. Even though a small amount of fans were there, a large amount of Milton's celebrity friends were. Jan Murray, Red Buttons, and Don Rickles all delivered funny eulogies. Also in attendance were Connie Stevens, Norm Crosby, Martin Landau, Ed Bagley Jr., Buddy Hackett, Larry Miller, Sid Caesar, and more. It's a shame that Milton Berle is not as well known today. Your mileage may vary, but he was funny. He was a great joke teller and a pioneer. The comedy world owes him all the respect in the world. Thank you all for listening to The Twilight Years. Please don't forget to subscribe. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter. The links are included in the description of this episode. If possible, leave me a review. If you have any requests for somebody you would like to see talked about on this podcast, let me know and I will do my best to get to them. Thanks again for listening. My name is Andrew Laposha, and I will see you next time.